one. Do y'all remember the crazy quad witch expirations in 2020? The big gamma unwinds, the crazy moves to the downside? Well, folks, we're having some unwinding to the upside here with no resistance in sight. Let's talk about the quad witch. Analysts getting active, picking on one stock. Talk a little bit of commodities at 835. This is pre-market prep on a quad witch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors around the world. We're up a point at um, 44.72 and a quarter. Uh, Pre-market high, shy of yesterday's high. We'll be keeping a high on that at 85 and a half. Pre-market low, 59.75. I wish I had a level there for you. Uh, The buck now down over 102, down just a few pennies, 101.71. Bonds flat at 127 and 24, 30 seconds. Crude back in the 70 handle, flat at 70.81. Gold, big old turnaround. Had to buy everything yesterday uh, after the dips. Down uh, up 780, 1978.50. Silver back over 24. That's up 28 cents at 24.23. And Bitcoin holding its own up $25 at $24,495. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D getting ready for the quad witch expirations imbalances all over the place what are you seeing yes. here at the 803 hour in imbalance I'm seeing a lot of imbalances big ones already both ways remember these are very unstable on these days so what is a sell imbalance at 8 a.m and again for those people who don't know what i'm talking about 8 a.m um new york publishes their opening imbalances basically telling you if there's a buyer to, if there's a number of shares to buy or a number of shares to sell um, just for example, here, um, I'll just grab you a big one off the board. We'll go like uh, Pfizer. Pfizer has 217,000 shares to buy right now. So if we were to open right now, Pfizer would open higher. But again, all it takes an institution to say, oh, there's 200,000 to buy. I need to sell 200,000. They go, boom, throw them out there. Give me 200,000 to sell. And then that offsets. You have big players coming in and coming out of the market and you know jockeying against their options positions you know that are expiring here today so what you usually see is sometimes some you know big moves and individual stocks out the hop usually traditionally those are moves to be faded so the way i approach these days is if i see a stock's going to gap up too much i short it i see a stock's going to gap down too much i buy it trying to kind of avoid news because news can follow through on you sometimes. So anyways, lots, Coca-Cola, 557,000 to buy, which is a big one. Bank America, 488,000 to buy. NEE, 337,000 to sell. Again, all of these are very unstable and these can change. It's very early here yet. We are not opening for another um, hour and a half. So we'll get more information as these new imbalances come in. But what I can tell you, early look, is that there's going to be some big orders coming into this market. Dennis, talk, let's expand on this for a second. Sure. Why are these orders put in today? Why are they put in on the open? Why um, are they put in on the close? Why Why can't the institutions like wiggle out or do all these things during the week or doing it during the day? Why is the opening, closing, and print so important to these institutions? Well, in opening and closing, I would say, is even more important. So what you see is we're talking about them at the opening, but at the close, they're even more important because we have an S&P rebalance today. Next Friday, we have the Russell rebalance, where you have indexers that are trying to actually get the prices. There's stocks going into the index, stocks coming out of the index, and they need to track that as of the close you know, on the S&P today and as of the close on, on for the Russell next Friday. So you see, you know, sometimes it's just the tracking error. They're trying to minimize tracking error by doing it smallest. But we don't know all the intentions. A lot of times, you know, you just may have a pile of calls. And maybe, you know, your calls are illiquid. And maybe you've got to short the stock against your calls just to, you know, just to offset your, your risk. So, I mean, there's, we, it's obviously impossible to know, um, you know, reasonings for everyone. But you can just say there's big players in here. 
and a lot of that has to do with options expiration and the quadruple wedge. And maybe you should explain quad wedge. We only get it once a quarter here, Joel. It's the expiration. We always we always call it triple wedge because we don't yep. like those those single stock futures. But give it to us anyways. The four things that are expiring that make this called. The quad witch. The quad witch refers to the simultaneous expiration of stock index futures, stock index options, stock options, and single stock futures, which I don't know of anybody uh, do. It only happens four times a year. That's March, June, September, and December, right? So here we are entering the final contract. A lot of time we talk about leading up to these quad witch expirations that you get a you know strong continuation of the trend which was for the quarter which was up so a lot of times you got you know close at or near the high very uh it sometimes you get reversals sometimes you get uh you know uh continuations of the trend right now if you're looking for a continuation of a trend you're going to have to use some uh, other technicals besides that closing print because there's no way that they can inflict technical damage. Well, I don't want to say no way, but uh, it'd be hard to inflict technical damage on this market today that would make the, any, the day, the week, the quarter uh, not look good. One last thing before we move on, Dennis. In the past, if you have played these rebalancing and you have kind of did your homework and stuff, yeah. I really haven't had you mention it yet is that just because the bots have kind of taken over on this and it's um, yeah done? it used to be so the russell rebalance is the big one that's next friday not this friday so you have some s&p rebalancing here today but the russell is the big one next friday it's the fourth friday in june and um what you have is you know a lot of stocks going in and a lot of stocks coming out there are lists we can go to russell reconstitution you can get the list there's usually hundreds of stocks affected, and sometimes even their proportions are affected as well. So even if they're not going out or going in, there's still shares being bought or shares being sold. So those lists are widely publicized. It's done, you know, by market cap, so they can figure it out. You know, if you're getting bigger, you're obviously going in. If you're getting, you know, smaller, you're going to move out. So it's actually pre very predictable, and the algos do start figuring those out as early as January, February, March. Um, there's, you know, analysts, you know, that publish, you know, papers saying these are the projections to go in. These are the projections to come out. They give the list, the official list, usually two weeks before. And then obviously the rebalancing is done next Friday where the indexes will come in, buy certain stocks and short other stocks. What happens is the trades get crowded on one side. So because the lists are publicized and it's widely known information, a lot of people might just be long the ads and short the deletes. That used to be the traditional strategy. And a lot of times you would see the ads drift higher into the rebalancing and the deletes go lower. It seems to be more gamed now. Anything that is widely publicized can be gamed where they get crowded to one side. So sometimes you actually see the ads go down and the deletes go up and it's like head scratcher. You know, this was supposed to be going to the index. Why is it going down? simply too many traders on the one side of it. So they oversubscribe to it, basically. And then the price can go the other way. So it's more unpredictable. So the way I approach it now is I simply just fade on these rebalance days where if I see huge imbalances on the close, maybe I'm throwing out orders. I call it envelopes where I'm like maybe surrounding the current price. If they gap up on the close, I get short. If they gap down on the close, I buy. Those seem to work the better way. Nothing works 100% of the time. Sometimes there's follow through. Sometimes it continues, but being a liquidity provider is usually um, it's usually the, the safer way to play it as opposed to trying to make a call and saying, I think this delete's going to go down. I'm going to get ahead of it and then cover it on the close because sometimes they pull the rug out from under you and they gap them up. All right. So that was a mouthful of education here for. Uh, yeah. Morning. Quick question, though, Dennis. Uh, does this mean we see a big down move in names that have run the last few weeks, like NVIDIA, Tesla, Microsoft, because they're too overweighted and they need to, uh, you know, get back in balance? I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that, uh, you know, we did have someone mentioned, Craig Johnson mentioned that uh, uh, the institutions can't buy any more NVIDIA. Well, Someone's out there, the institutions that don't own NVIDIA are certain by it. Uh, any comments on? Uh, I mean, it, it, there's, you know, when, when things turn, what we will say is sometimes on these quad witches, they can be turning points where you do get capitulation, where they do say, you know, this is it. I've got to get in. I mean, and, and, you know, you're seeing it, you know, with the analyst community here this morning. And we know we're going a separate way from what we were, but Mitch will bring it back. But, you know, NVIDIA is getting Morgan Stanley commentary here today 
full FOMO from Morgan Stanley here. They're talking. They're now making NVIDIA their top pick. Thanks. $200 three months ago. Now it's 432 and now you make it your top <laughs> pick. So taking AMD and putting NVIDIA as their top pick, putting their price target up to $500, I believe. Woo-hoo! And NVIDIA is up another $6 here this morning, continuing. So, you know, what really drives momentum is not just the FOMO from the traders. It's the FOMO from the analysts as well. Because the FOMO, you know, if you get a stock that's upgraded, that moves price higher just on algorithmic action. Stock gets upgraded. I mean, look at that AZO move, or, or not AZO, AZO got upgraded today. But the Domino's Pizza move from yesterday, holy mackerel. I got long that thing at like 308. I sold at like 312 in the pre-market. Thinking, I thought, you know, I wow, about it's a pretty good one. move. The thing over the 319 goes to 325. I mean, people are just, you know, very excited right now. I see an upgrade. They're just like, buy, 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 buy. I mean, that is just off an upgrade. Domino's Pizza basically went up, you know, it, it basically got back its a month and a half of losses off of an upgrade. I mean, thinner that's what we're stock, in here man. Right now. Thinner it's stock, a full high bull price stock. Yeah, yeah. That that one. I, I was looking at that one. I know you were already out of it, but I'm like, I should have held that. One. Yeah, but anyways. But uh, let's bring in Money Mitch here and uh, mm. get to some individual issues moving here in the pre market. All right, let's go to Adobe. That's probably the top earning stock, of course. Let's get to, to that action. Adobe exceeded expectations in Q2 with an impressive performance. Their adjusted earnings per share stood at $3.91, while sales reached $4.82 billion. Moreover, of course, Adobe's outlook for fiscal year 23 and Q3 revenues seem to be promising here. We'll see. AI definitely was mentioned multiple times here. And Adobe taking off. Wow. Um, big move here. Loved stock. Not surprising. I mean, and again, the valuation on Adobe, you know, maybe is not what it was. But, you know, maybe it's, you know, we're still $700 is the all-time high on this thing. $699, I believe. So, I mean, you're still significantly off of that. And people are thinking, well, this is eventually going back to all-time highs. I'm buying. Full chase is on here this morning here, too. Earnings were fine. Stocks are moving up, 350, 490. I mean, I'm hoping for a pullback on some of these names. Adobe I would have on my shopping list as well. I don't like chasing. And, you know, it has paid to chase. In the last month, if you've been chasing, you're making money. Stock goes up 10%, it goes up another 10% the next day. I mean, the Toyota move is nothing short of incredible. From, you know, one a stock that done nothing for basically a year goes from 150 to 158 to 165 to 168 <laughs> yesterday in three days. I mean, the chart looks stupid. And I'm long Toyota. But, I mean, you just look at this and you're like, it just got back like a year of losses in three days. Crazy. I mean, bull markets, we talk about, you know, how quickly stocks can go down in bear markets. Well, they can go up very quickly in bull markets, too, especially when the narrative changes suddenly. You know, and the algos all of a sudden view Toyota as an EV play. Adobe is going to be a player in AI as well. It's in that category. It's technology. It's going to be involved here. I think on pullbacks, Adobe probably gets bought. It has underneath demand all over the place here. But I don't chase things up 23 bucks. I wait for pullbacks. Well, I'm just going to take some notes from uh, earlier in the week. And I'm just going to give you the pre-market high of 516.90. And use that as a minor target. If it takes that out, get the hell out of the way. Who knows where this thing's going to go. If some way it just huddles here at 415, 415 and a half and doesn't turn, maybe you'll get a pullback to the top of yesterday's range. Top of yesterday's range is way down at 495.20. Uh, but we, what we've been seeing is that man, these things go and they keep on going. So, it, it's uh, this follow through. There's so much follow through. And I mean, let's look at SoFi the opposite direction yes, here. A little bit yes. to do with these moves is analysts chasing price. We talk about the lemming action from analysts. It's predictable at times. I mean, I don't know if there's a better example than SoFi. It's downgraded by Oppenheimer yesterday. Stock falls a dollar. I don't know if the analysts all panic and say, oh, I wanted to downgrade. I need to do it too. But you get two more downgrades today. So it's just like one downgrade begets two more. So today we have downgrading it to neutral. They all want to ring the register here is both uh, – I believe it's Piper and I'm just trying to grab it from the pro here. I believe Bank of America. Bank I got of you, America. Man. So you got Bank uh, of America and Piper both downgrading SoFi here today. Um, obviously, you know, there's just, you know, there's just, just follow through. I mean, one analyst goes and then the other ones go here too. So, I mean, that's what you're getting is follow through. Uh, do we know the Piper analyst? We obviously have a lot of connection with Piper. Who is Piper analyst? Just trying to grab it. 
All right. Um, so, of course, SoFi technology facing some challenges as both Piper Sandler's and Bank of America's security downgrade the stock to neutral. Uh, additional price targets have been revised, presenting new considerations for investors. Of course, SoFi has been going up since the recent mention of forbearance. But keep in mind, and I'm talking about this because by the end of the month, the Supreme Court has to make a decision on not forbearance, but forgiveness. And that could change this stock in a heartbeat. Uh, one other thing I just want to talk about, you know, these analyst moves. And I know a lot of people in here are like, you know, um, like to use it in a contrarian way. So let's say either A, you were short uh, so far, like after its big run, or B, you wanted to get long it. You you can use these, uh, at, you know, these in a contrarian way. And if you would have been looking at your two-day low, Let's say you wanted to, you know, bring something in. You did have a short or wanted to try along. Your two-day low was eight eighty-nine, right? Where do they take it to? They take it to one penny below that, and then ram it up, and it's only down twenty cents on the close. Now you're coming down on this area again, so it'll be very important for the bulls to step up at that area again. Hold nine bucks off the open. You could just rally back, you know, like you did yesterday. On the other hand, if this is like, you know, this is a little too much, uh, you know, for the gang after the run, institutions long at five, six dollars, they'll they'll gang up at nine and, and push this thing all lower. But uh, it's always good to use the end. You know, if you're like, you know, looking at the analyst move, if you're, you know, if it's going contra to your stock, maybe it'll give me an opportunity to get in at a price that you normally wouldn't have been able. To. Sometimes you can fade, like you've got a stock that's in, and they're ringing the register. So these aren't your traditional, like NVIDIA, FOMO yes. chasing price. This is analysts that had good calls. So let's give some props to all three yep. of these analysts. They had buys on them all. They're going to neutral. They're simply ringing the register. So this isn't like, oh, I'm upgrading it, you know, or, or you know, chasing the Different price kind. here. This is this is the opposite. They they made good calls. It was Kevin Barker, I believe, from Piper. I don't know if you know Kevin Joel. You know a lot no, of analysts over at Piper. Um, but it was a good call. These guys made a good call, and they want to ring the register, and they don't want to miss it. So Oppenheimer obviously rang the register first yesterday. So now you get Bank of America and Piper ringing the register here today. So they made good calls. They had buys in the stock. Stock doubled in you know a few weeks. So give them props. Um, with that being said, I mean, they all follow each other to a certain extent, though, so it's not surprising. I don't think Bank America and Piper both downgraded today if Oppenheimer wouldn't have downgraded it yesterday. I do believe that. SP is so, sneaking up, making new highs here. What, what's making new highs? The, I, the market. Oh, Joel, Joel can't get away from the S&Ps ever. So. I just want to alert you. <laughs> um, and then you have Humana, which is interesting here, too. So, um, And I'm going to take it just over to here because somebody just mentioned in the chat. Uh, Spinner and uh, actually... So the stocks get hit. We know Humana and UNH both get hammered on that Medicare news two days ago. Obviously, you know, I talked about my trade. I got long UNH. It was wrong. Flipped it and actually got short CI and a couple other names and, and made up for it that way and turned a loser into a winner. Um, these things really got hit. Um, so right, obviously Humana, and we'll get to we'll let you say it here in a second here, Mitch. I just want to say, you know, went from five setting it up for you, 508 all the way down to 435. So if you're sitting there and you're a management of Humana and you're like, come on, you know, this is probably pissing you off that your stock went down. So they said something today to try to basically, you know, damage control here. Mitch, what did they say? All right. So Humana, a major healthcare company, reaffirming its guidance for fiscal year 23. The company expects to achieve earnings per share of at least 27.88 and adjusted EPS of at least 28.25, signaling a positive outlook for their financial performance. So keep an eye out. Let's see if this is a reassuring sign that could actually bounce the stock back. Okay. So here's the problem. Um, and the why the stock is down seven here. Ben Zinga's got it, and it's got it in their tweet too. So I'm just taking it from their tweet. Um, they're seeing at least 27.88 in EPS, or just at least 28.25. Analyst estimates were up at 28.34 though. So it's actually if they're saying you know at least they're they're basically saying we're going to hit that 28.34. They should have worded a little better than that though, because they see 28.25 or <laughs> algos are stupid. They see 28.25 yeah. or 28.34. They're like that's a lower guide. So the algos are just reading this as a lower guide now. So now they're like, uh-oh, you know, here's problems. But meanwhile, they were saying they're trying to come out damage control. And the actual, the press release, they didn't do it right. And they're actually, you know, are, are knocking their own stock down further here because of this. So is this an overshoot on Humana and UNH? I tend to think so. 
But one thing to remember, this is not an AI story here. And maybe there is a case where UNH is saying, if we get these, you know, in these surgeries that are all going to be done, they're going to have to pay some bills. So, I mean, I don't know what that dollar number is. And I'm not sure UNH and Humana know that number is either. So, yeah, the, the dip was bought so far. The dip might get bought here again on Humana. And I do think that they were trying, I don't think they were trying to lower a guide here like the algos are reading it. I think they were actually trying to reaffirm. You know, it says reaffirm. They were trying to reaffirm. They just should have put the numbers better and said at least 28.34. Maybe they couldn't hit the 28.34, but at least 28.34 is nine cents on $28. If you would have put that, the algos wouldn't have read it as a, as a, as a lowered guide. I think the algos are reading as a lowered guide. That's why it's down six bucks. So I kind of, you know, think this dip does get bought here today. But again, these aren't AI stocks. So, you know, I'm not buying, I'm buying tech on it dips i haven't been buying really a lot of other stocks on dips uh unh uh is not moving on i mean that's still in the green a little bit but this is this is uh they did it to give people a good technical setup dennis and you looked at the 435 <laughs> low you popped up the 470 you have your 50 percent retracement i'd say you know what happens at 450 450 250 you haven't hit a year yet if you, if you thought you missed the move, if you thought that that's a major low that's going to hold for a long time, then I think the bulls make a stand there at, at, at this area, 450, 450, 250, and boom, maybe consolidate a couple uh, a couple uh, days and then turn back. On the other hand, you know, if the bears are going to say, man, we are never going to let them fill the gap, we are going to go down and bust that low. Then they're get, they'll take it down through there, and when there's no levels between its current price of uh, four fifty six oh one and that low from a couple days at four thirty five, then there's no levels there. So like the like the pullback. Let's see if the bear uh, the bulls uh, step up to the plate. The fifty percent retracement to the T is four fifty two fifty. Is it four? Yeah, four fifty two fifty. All right, let's go to Micron here as they're, uh, of course, a major player in the semiconductor industry, and they're nearing a significant milestone here, investing nearly $1 billion in a chip packaging plant located in India. Uh, this move, of course, signals Micron's commitment to international expansion and growth. And, yeah. of course, slowly but surely, um, they're still going to be in China, but I think this is just kind of one of that move that everybody's kind of slowly shifting things to India with that whole new phrase made in India, right? They're, they're trying to really kick that off. Um, again, just listening to this show, I wish I would have listened to myself because we talked about this at 65 and we talked about the support I had at 65. This was this technical, you know, perfect perfection, really. 60 to 75, it pulled back to the 65, it had a double bottom to lean on. It put in another double bottom there, and now it starts going higher. It's one, a tech stock, so buying tech on pullbacks, do obviously, you know, evolved with AI, so that checks boxes. Three had a nice pullback here, so this was a buy five days ago. Now it's going. So, um, you know, we talked about buying this a, a few days ago. Wish, wish I would have. Uh, I mean, I just don't want to give you any resistance until the gap fill here at uh, 7150. Uh, that is just a few bucks of what uh, that's just a little bit of ways away. Right. So you fill that gap and then work yourself into that big red candle. I just want to address a question from Rob Irwin here as he talks about uh, Microsoft. I did see it much higher in the pre-market session. I don't know if a uh, um, uh, uh, selling balance came out on that or what, but that just had a quick move lower. Uh, but you're, I mean, you got one number there, Rob, and that's no, Microsoft. Joel is the eight bad print. Yeah, no, that's the eight o'clock print. Oh, uh, that's showing the eight o'clock print. Okay, ones I should have caught that. So those are crosses from there the we previous go. day. Yep, there we go. Uh, the only thing you can, it's breaking out above a new all-time high. I guess the only thing that you could use if you ha, if you want to target on this today is what I do is I'll look at like maybe the nine-day average trading range or twenty-day average trading range and you know see if that comes into play. I'm sure for Microsoft it's probably around five, six, or seven bucks. Uh, so if you're looking for a potential target, but breaking out to a new all-time high mr softy and they just the valuation doesn't matter when the story is hot you know nvidia 200 times microsoft like we talked about being expensive 26 times it's 32 times now so it's all all this move 
is not earnings growth. It's all multiple expansion and AI hype. So this has been all multiple expansion. I'm not even sure they're going to come out and just kill it on the next earnings report. We know NVIDIA did. It's directly into AI. Microsoft is too, but Microsoft has all, all so many other businesses as well. It's so huge. So I don't expect Microsoft to come out. I think the market does. I think Microsoft thinks they're going to pull an NVIDIA and raise guidance 40%. I do not see that happening with Microsoft. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that the AI is going to move the needle as much as everybody hopes it does. Um, obviously, with NVIDIA, was a, you know a more pure play, but Microsoft, they've got as a pure play too. The market's in full AI mode. The bots have got it. They're ripping and higher. They couldn't care less of a valuation because they just think you know there's underneath demand and we're going to keep driving the price. And look at that spread closing on the ATVI, the Activision, the ups and downs. But man, if you had been sticking with it here, uh, you know, still still got some well, mean bone, right? Ninety four. Well, let's bucks. give it perspective here too, Joel. Um, they've got some gains. They're firing on all cylinders. EA and Take Two have moved right back up to their highs. So there's an argument here that even if this deal is dead, then Activision right. Blizzard is probably in the seventies. So it's not going back to like fifty. On the deals dead it's not going back to 60 we're just in a different market environment i mean take two you know is, is at you know a 52 week high almost ea is not far off of its highs you know it's coming back to its 2023 highs so there's an argument to be made here that activision blizzard even if the deal is dead is probably 77 78 so i only see like at this point in time on activision blizzard especially since their games are firing on all cylinders and you know this is an ai play as well i think the gaming is an ai play don't you match like, I mean, isn't gaming going to be involved with AI? I would think so. Yeah, they all go together. I, I, I think, think so. That the, the technologies so, are all developing together. I like Activision Blizzard here. At 81, you have the upside that maybe gets taken over at 95. But even if it doesn't, I think in the case it doesn't, it goes to 75, 76. We made this argument a few months ago when it was down at 75 or 76. And I was like, I think, you know, low end is 65. But we've just completely turned. We're in this full bull mark where everything's been running here now. So the company standalone is probably 75 or 76 without Microsoft. So I, I, I kind of like it here. That's been on Michael Pactor. I've had on the closing print several times. And what, that, what's that, Michael saying on it? Oh, he's, he's been pounding the table. The, the deal's going through when he was at 65. He said, you know, I think it's, you know, it's 65, 70. I said, I don't know how you could go wrong here because if a deal doesn't go through, I still think it's worth, you know, 60, 62 bucks. I'm sure he's adjusted that higher. He has been pounding on the table since then. And how long has that been going on? with uh, that deal uh, was in the uh, announced and uh, he's been pounding and he's also a lawyer. So he analyzes like the, the, the overseas law, European laws, the U S laws. He's been spot on. I'll, I'll get him on next week for his latest update, but and Spinner uh, making a fantastic point here. I didn't even notice. I robot trading up $8 after trading after the UK's competition markets authority clears. Oh, its acquisition deal with Amazon. So here you got a stock went down to $32 saying this deal is dead. Uh-oh, not dead. Run to 42 in the last month. Now it's 50. The deal, I believe, is up at 60, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. Remember, I was long this, and I rang the register on day one. So I was actually long this um, into you know the merger announcement. I was like, thank you very much. Um, it, you know, I, I got bought out, so I rang the register and I, I can't remember where it traded to after that, oh. but it was only like three or four dollars off of the highs. And then all of a sudden, antitrust was coming in and they were going to block this Amazon. I don't even know how, I don't know why. I, why would they? Yeah, like iRobot, so small, Amazon buy them. How is this, you know, I don't, I don't understand, you know, how this is anti competitive here. Um, when you have a company this small getting bought out by a monster, but they were fighting it. It, I don't think the deal is dead though, so let's just go look. If we just Google quickly, um, maybe you know Mitch here too. iRobot take over price. Because obviously this isn't just cleared to go. I don't think it's got it still. $1.7 billion. I'm trying to get the actual dollar. It's 61 So the price is 61 So it's not in the clear. It would be up a lot more than that. But 50 now it's like, okay, well, we got, you know, we've got another hurdle there over here. So, you know, there's $10 more on the table if it does clear, though. Someone got the memo. I'm not seeing any news on June 1st. But this is like it was at, been at thirty six dollars. It been resistance. Got a little head and shoulders bottom. Someone got the memo on June first here. 
And it just had, you know, another day of follow through, two day pullback and another leg higher. Right now, someone who ever bought this at a huge discount, sellers at 52. But man, if you got a deal on 61 on the table, holy mackerel, this stock, man, we haven't brought this up in a long time. So holy mackerel, what a move in iRobot, 20% on decent volume. Let's see what happens at 52 bucks. Sure. Morgan Stanley, one of the leading investment banks, remains bullish, of course, on NVIDIA. They've raised the price target of NVIDIA's stock to 500, suggesting a positive outlook for the company's growth trajectory. Of course, you guys have seen this continue to rip. And I'll say it, don't get in wow. front of a train. Yeah. At least it doesn't sound smart. Yeah, we talked this a few minutes ago just in passing. So, I mean, new all-time highs. People will say it doesn't make any sense. Valuation doesn't make any sense. But they said that 100 points ago, and now they're down 100 points. I will say it again. I keep saying it. When the story is hot, valuation does not matter. So don't even worry about this from a valuation perspective right now if you're trading it. It's all on hype and hot stories. You don't short hot stories. You don't short rocket ships. You stay away. Somebody was saying they're shorting at 385 when it gapped up. They're down another 50 bucks here, So unless they covered. I mean, it's just hard to short a hot story. Shoot them in the back. Don't shoot them in the front. I wait till the story breaks. There was the opportunity. It looked like, you know, and I said this at 400 a few days ago. I'm like, you could lean on that 419. Did not work making new highs. When stocks are making new highs, you definitely don't want to be short them. Next. All right, let's keep it going. Let's go to the next one here. I thought we were going to get a little little commentary. On no, the, we're good. We're I don't want to give any technical commentary. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I was there waiting isn't for. Any there's no resistance. It's all what time What am I going to say? What am I going to say? 434. It's okay, Joel. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay. I'm like, what am I scratching my head? 434 is the pre-market high. That's all I can say. So that's a target for you. Keep an eye on it. All right, let's go to an interesting one. Uh, a little takeoff today. Let's go to Virgin Galactic. We haven't talked about this one in a while. Uh, the space tourism company experienced a remarkable surge of 40% in the extended trading. The surge after the announcement of their first commercial space flight scheduled for the end of this <laughs> month, creating excitement among investors. SPCE, going back to space? Um, it fits the bill of what we're in. And we talk about bull markets and we talk about, you know, the cycles, the market cycles. I had a, um, a Reuters reporter reaching out to me just on the stories here, you know, on some of these stocks getting short squeezes here. I mean, this is what's happening. We're now in the market cycle and since to really happen, you know, markets go bull runs, bear runs, bull runs, bear runs. We cycle like this. When we get towards the end of the cycle, you start to see everything start to go. You start to see squeezes across the board. We've seen this in Carvana, CVNA. Obviously, you know, major squeezes here the last couple of days because the stock continues, continues here to obviously go higher, um, despite a lot of people saying this company's going to be insolvent. It doesn't matter, though. Right now, they're squeezing. When they're squeezing, you don't want to get in there either. Um, you know, Beyond Meat was another one that's been starting to show some life here. We know we've talked about that highshortinterest.com. A lot of those names on that list, because retail uses that list, have been going up here. And I think you come back to space. Here's a sleepy stock, hasn't participated in the rally, gets one good headline, let's squeeze them. And that's what you're seeing. So again, do you want to get in the middle of this and get in the freight train? You're not in a bear market right now. If you were in a bear market, you'd be selling the hell out of this. But we're in a bull market and sometimes we see follow through. So you got to understand your market environment to a certain extent. I'm not saying buy it up 42%, but people naturally coming in just shorting this. This could go to six, seven, eight. I mean, this stock was $50 no, I, at one have time. No idea. How do you control no your risk? So I'm just out. I don't touch this because I can't control the risk. All right, let's go to Cava Group here. Let's go to the new IPO. Let's talk a little bit about that. The recently listed restaurant stock continues its upward momentum with more than 4% increase here in pre-market. The surge builds on, of course, substantial gains from the IPO. This was priced at $22 per share, but closed at $43.78. A remarkable 99% above its IPO price. And perfect day perfect That's market environment for an IPO. Yeah, no. I'm surprised we don't have more companies trying to get them out here right now because we're in a market where we haven't seen a lot of IPOs because we've been in this bear market for you know 18 months bring the specs back this year. <laughs> what's that 
The SPACs Bring the come SPACs back. back yeah. baby. This is if you got a SPAC, you want to do a deal. Now's the time. Now, SPAC guys, you know, if you got these things <laughs> sitting there, find a deal right now because they'll toss in the premium because everybody's excited right now. I mean, Kyler, I you know, it's it's an IPO. It's going to get a lot of excitement. It's trading like crazy. It can go wherever it wants. Kind of feels like Chipotle. When I look at, you know, and I and obviously it's a different type of food, Mediterranean, Mexican, whatever. But I mean, it just feels like another Chipotle. I mean, Chipotle was good, though. So I've never ate a cava. Can't talk about the food, but I can tell you right now, it's not a lot of IPOs, and market is hot. Yeah, hot for it. I I mentioned this on uh, the closing print yesterday. I mean, you could not have picked a better day uh, to do this. And you know what I think also is kind of uh, interesting is they must be pay, paying their employees pretty good because you hear about all the problems that uh, you know the restaurant chains not having enough. Uh, employees so i mean i think they have a couple hundred restaurants traded up in the pre-market up 265 i love doing the technicals on this because it's pretty easy with only one day of trading action 4789 uh is your all-time high your all-time low is 40 4378 with the closing only thing you can kind of do on this one is let it trade for a couple days and you know and see how the volume see if there's really going to be huge interest in it and then if you get it to continue to go higher and then the volume starts to dry up a little bit, then maybe you want to start uh, rigging the register. But right now, one day of information, hard to give you technicals. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into an interesting one here. We're getting some news from DraftKings today as uh, the online betting company climbs over 1% following their aggressive move to outbid Fanatics. With a 195 million offer for Points Bets US, uh, the strategic acquisition attempt showcasing DraftKings' determination to strengthen its position in the market. This one's sleepy and it has been moving, not talking valuation, not talking fundamentals, talking pure technicals here, but it's a stock that led back in April and May, been a consolidation station here yes, for about a quiet. month. What you do in consolidation station is you place your bets, pun intended for DraftKings, place your bets. 25.10, we're up a little bit here. If this thing can get back up over 26, you start thinking yeah. about 30. So I'd actually be a buyer of this pullback on DraftKings. Ah, well, it's up 32 cents, so it's not a pullback. Down a little. Well, it's pullback from 26 and a half yesterday, so you're up just a little bit here this morning. So yeah, 26.65, yeah, 26. that, uh, that was a high of the move that was made last week. Closing high of the move was made on Tuesday at 26.14, so you've backed off. You have the area that you want to get through. Uh, if you're taking a shot on it here, maybe either look for it actually close near its low of the day. That's kind of interesting. 2483, 2475. And I don't know if Penn's ever going to wake up here. I mean, looks like got 27. I mean, it's moved up off the low, but just hasn't participated a little over 27. Haven't looked at win in a while. Yeah. Win, look at that. Had a nice, uh, nice rally pullback, trying to clear the one. I think all these things are buys on pullbacks. Yeah. I'm long Penn, full disclosure. I'm actually long it um, just overnight. I'm also long it in my long-term account as well. Whoa. I actually kind of liked it here. I feel like adding to it here just that's, because we're in this environment. Not saying Penn is good. What's that, Mitch? That's an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, it still hasn't gone, right? And you're, you're well, that's what I'm looking at. at is what hasn't gone yet? We're looking, combing the ditches, looking at the laggard trades here. Um, Penn, I will, I have a day trade on it, so don't ignore that. But I have in the long term account, I was thinking about buying some more in the long term account. All right. Now, um, no, uh, it looks like we're, we're having a slight little issue on our guest today. We'll see if he's able to arrive here. Now, I want to do pivot over to a little bit of. Uh, some more conversation. Now, one thing that I did see, and this is kind of a little bit of a pivot here, but I have something ready for us here. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about what I've been seeing from the banks and starting to really warm up to the rally. And sure. so I have an image here that I got from uh, Twitter and I'll give you guys the link, but this is all about the different banks, Goldman Sachs, Evercore, Bank of America, right? Changing their 23 outlook. And I think that at, at this point, you're going to start seeing people mention, could we have new all-time highs in 2023? I mean, you're, you definitely probably never thought about that. What are you guys thinking about these banks really kind of changing up their 23 outlooks up there now to 4,500 when they used to be at the 4,000 mark for the S&P? 
Joel, go. I just got picked off on something I forgot in order, so I'm just this an ETF. I'm just okay. Um, I'll just uh, so you're bringing up, and I was uh, I was kind of distracted there for a second. I mean, these analysts doing this stuff with this targets, Mitch. I mean, wh- where were you before? I mean, uh, it, it's so <laughs> you know, it's like you're you're telling me your new targets forty four forty five hundred. And you on, on and you're at four thousand, like so. So to me, that looks like I should sell the market because we're already at their year-end target. So I, I, you know, I just it's so hard to yeah, yeah. to do these kind of things. So I, you know, whatever Bank of America, well, they're short at forty three hundred. Uh, RBC is short at forty two fifty. Evercore is short at forty. What are we talking about? Can bring you back into the conversation here now. Recent so revisions of the S and P forecasts. Okay. Yeah, they're just chasing price. They're yeah. chasing it. They're chasing it. All just up. chasing. No. They're not short. I mean, don't say they're I'm short. joking. That's I shouldn't say I know, short. but people like to take that and they think you're gonna say that. You gotta we gotta really clarify when we're joking or not here because it came off kind of serious and yeah, they're they're not short. They're just they're they're, they're basically wrong. So they're raising yeah. their forecast they've because been, they're, they're short been, in their call. I mean, you know, they've been call. horribly wrong. I mean, who would have thought that the S P five hundred and the spy would be right now sitting at four forty two? Halfway through the year, I, mean, I don't a think lot anybody. Of people, did. There were some bulls out there, you know. Give them Ryan guys Dietrich, Craig there. Johnson, yeah, J.C. Peratz is bullish. There's been some good ones. I mean, yeah. I thought they were yeah. bullish, right. but I don't think they were saying all the way up here, were they? I, I think mean, so. Yeah, I think there was definitely some bulls here. We got Ryan Dietrich some props. He comes on our oh, show man. once every couple of weeks. Honestly, who's been more right than Ryan Dietrich? You know, like Ryan, if you're listening, shout out here. I'm sure somebody will reach out and say we're giving you props. But, you know, like I was on the bear train October, November. I got the bull train for January. Remember, I thought the January effects, so I kind of got on the bull train for a little bit there. But then I thought it would fade. It didn't fade. It kept going through and it had follow through and it kept going here. And, you know, I started getting on the bull train a month ago when IWM started participating. I'm like, I cannot stay bearish this market or even sideways. Remember, I went to sideways for a bet. Like not if if we're gonna get participation from the broad market. So you know, again, we're gonna change. You keep listening to the show. We are a trading show here. We are not, you know, we we do long term investing, but we are a trading show here. And there will be an opportunity here on the short side here as well. But I'm not short in stocks when they're going straight up. I'm short in stocks when they're weaker and they're where they're cutting through trends. You good old Tom Lee, right? Tom Lee, and again, you know, he's blocked me on Twitter. I'm not blocked by a lot of people on Twitter, but um, I. I don't remember He's... why he blocked me. I said I called him out on one call or something. It was like last year when the market was really? going down, and I gave <laughs> him got some the heat. Hammer, baby. Yeah, he blocked me. Want to see? Bring it up. I can bring. I guess he can't. I have to go through my Twitter handle. But yeah, he's uh, one of the few people who have me blocked on Twitter, Tom Lee. So yeah, I cannot him. see Tom Lee's tweets that anymore. I gave dick. him some heat, and I've given Tom Lee heat a few times. So that's that's call it out here. You know, I and Tom Lee was dead wrong for a year and a half. He's been right here though in the last year. He stayed bullish long enough. That he's starting to turn into right. So Tom Lee, congrats. Maybe on block me for that. Congrats. You've been right here for a while. Do you think there's a chance I can get him on the show? No, that, yeah. No, yeah, not if just, you not if you say I'm on the show. Just don't 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 include Dennis Dick, you know, that guy. Yeah, no. If you say I'm there, he's definitely not coming on the show. <laughs> that guy. <He's> like me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about some different stocks. And I am gonna leave a little bit of time for some ticker time. I heard some comments in the chat. Hey, we're not covering this specific stock. Of course, we can't cover everything underneath the sun, but this is your chance, guys. We're going to get some ticker time in. So keep throwing up those tickers. Let's go over to Trade Zero. Let's take a look at the gappers list. We can talk about some trading action and get to some of these ups and down moves today. Let's see what we can find in Trade Zero. All right, first one up, I got to say, is uh, Joel, unfortunately and fortunately for me, I did not listen to your call yesterday, and I covered Tesla. I know. Yeah, I know. Good job. Good job. We no, it was a hard we, I, was, I was on the other side. I was like, let's talk, though. There's buyers <laughs> underneath here. Don't get married to that short. So good call, Mitch. Good yeah. Call. Well, you know Joel's, what? Also, Joel's getting also, married to the short idea. Yeah. Well, also, 
did you i mean it just happens to be like one of the top components in the s and p's and yeah. if you were ha- happened to see what the s and p's did off what the open that would have been you know that's it, one thing it's the, tough the, the when dip you know, buying is pre- relentless yeah there is too much cash on the sidelines including mm-hmm. myself i'm still selling with cash. i'm putting more to work you notice like every time some dips i'm like i'm putting a little bit more to work here because why because i was wrong so how do you rebuild your portfolio you buy dips That's me. That's everyone else from the long-term perspective. So what I did was when the opening came, I said, you know what? I'm not going to lose profits here. So I set a stop around 251.20 20s, and then at 252. I put like majority of it there and then the rest of it out at 252. As soon as the market gave me a nice little whoosh down, I took majority of that profit off. I said, all right. Yeah, open pretty close to the low. We exactly. moved from 62 to 47, so uh, 10, 15, right, uh, uh, seven and a half, 54, 55 area. It's already traded above that, so man, yeah. let's see. High of the move, 61, 67, closing high for the move. Let's improve on that. That's at 258.71. That's about a buck away. Yeah, now fighting around this area. I'm going to see what happens today with Tesla. I didn't short it yesterday during uh, during the close. I did take a shot in the intraday for just about 20% of the profits that I had made. And I gave up a little bit, but I'm, I'm more than willing to do certain moves like that, right? Take some profit off, use some of the chunk to come back into the name. We'll see what happens to Tesla today. Let's go to the up list. Of course, you see AZO. We've talked about that one yesterday. That one's continuing higher. I don't know how you trade that stock, so I'm going to keep going yeah. to a different stock. Uh, let's go to yeah the 14. You know, you're talking these $2,400 yeah, stocks. You can't, They're you like can't. I don't oh, know how you go yeah. about it. They're but, so hey. thin, man. Uh, MSTR starting to get a little bit of an uplift. You guys talked about yesterday, a really interesting conversation with Bitcoin, right? And would it come back into playing with the NASDAQ versus the banking situation, right? And now we're starting to see MSTR showing up a little bit of an up move. I'm not saying that this is actually coming through, but something I'm definitely keeping my eye on that you guys just mentioned yesterday. Well, and the BlackRock ETF news yesterday, too, that BlackRock's filing for, you know, another to get it approved again on the Bitcoin ETF. That was good news for Bitcoin as well. I do think that's why Bitcoin turned yesterday. I think Bitcoin put in a short-term bottom yesterday. So we've been pretty good trading Bitcoin, even though, you know, I'm not really, I have a little piece in the long-term portfolio. We've made some pretty good calls on Bitcoin here. Um, I feel like we bottomed yesterday in Bitcoin. So I actually, and, and again, maybe, you know, and again, you can make calls because we're right near the bottom here. You know, if it makes a new low, I'm wrong, I get out. You know, stop, stop. trading is all about discipline and admitting when you're wrong and cutting those losses. But I mean, bring up the Bitcoin chart here. I guess you can't, uh, BITO you could do if you want on this. I don't well, know just the MSTR, and, uh, in this, I mean, you got good support. You got three yeah. lows in the same area. Mm-hmm. And if you want to buy it on strength, I mean, maybe going through this 285 level, I um, like it here. Bitcoin. It, yeah, two or three. It's sleepy, and you got idea. Yeah, and then a lot's been thrown at uh, Bitcoin lately, yeah. right? With the uh, well, with the SEC, and then two exchanges locking up your money mm-hmm. and uh, not being able to get it out. So a lot of times, when you say when the stock doesn't go down on what's supposed to be bad news, it shows that there's buyers out there. Joel, how many stars is the Mara levels here? Uh, Mara, Mara. Oh, I think it has like a, a, a 13 <laughs> star level here. Uh, Holy, that, that there's consolidation for, for you. <laughs> consolidation, baby. <laughs> oh, buy nine, sell 10. Buy they nine, had some issues ten. yesterday. It was something, I, I, I don't know what it was. I saw a headline go by. Maybe you have the headline in the pro, but I saw a headline go by that knocked it down yesterday. It didn't sound good though. I, I, I don't remember because I don't trade the stock. Okay. All right, let's keep fine. going. I'll get you to another one here. Let's take a look. CrowdStrike has been continuing higher with that Pan W move. We've been looking yeah, at Yeah, that was a dip to Snow. buy. The earnings Snow dip was, was a buy. Another one that I was thinking would that be a, a nice little Informer. dip to buy there? And just right back up yesterday, you know, comes down in the pre market, right back up. Pan W continuing the strength there. CrowdStrike continuing the strength. Even the good old, well, some would say hated. But Sentinel One getting a nice little lift and continue. holy seventeen twenty eight. It's gonna oh. close gap here eventually, Joel. Just these earnings dips on these tech stocks just get bought. Let's just call it out. I mean, it isn't rocket science. It seems like they're working on most of them. 
They're working on probably a lot of other sectors as well here too, because we are in a bull market here. But I mean, look at my Airbnb. It dipped. I bought it on the earnings dip at 110. It's 128. You know, go to AMD. Obviously, it was the big one on the earnings dip. Went down to 83. It's 124. I mean, that was a huge example here. Um, CrowdStrike, same story. If you're just buying the earnings dip, went down to 143. It's back up to 162. I mean, even, you know, we had that little dip the other day on Microsoft. And I don't remember what that was. It was something, um, some type of news. And that dip got bought right away here, too. So they are buying dips on tech stocks. That is the trend. That is what is working. Sentinel one, we talked about this one yesterday, and you had three highs right at the sixteen dollar area, and they cleared that guy out right off or girl right out off the open and uh closed near the highs of the session. We had uh Taz Kuljaji uh talking about uh about uh these stocks and he has a twenty dollar price target. And I said, Hey Taz, you're looking at a gap fill and I don't think he knew what I was talking about, but uh, nice move. Now you got to use 16 as support on a pullback. This is one I think could go just like the Oracle chart. And I love how it's bunching up here. CRM. What do you think about that chart, Joe? I know you could probably see what I'm seeing here. Oh, nice support um, levels. Levels look yeah. like they want to come right back. And of course, we've seen that Oracle chart, how it wants to just kind of rip. So. Yeah, well, 205. I wish you would have mentioned this yesterday. I would have said the, two, <laughs> the 205 area. Uh, We've been mentioning it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a nice one. Yep. Um, Let's see it. Uh, I think you got room up. Uh, You got some secondary highs, 216.23 and then 220. uh, But you only have one daily high at those areas. So uh, keep an eye on uh, those two levels training up in the pre-market CRM. What about PayPal? Is this thing going to come up and try to like? Yeah, yeah. I was talking about it yesterday. Let's talk about sleepy stocks that it started going. Good story, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Like it's it's a nice, you know, we had a full you know reversal there yesterday, Joel. Key reversal Mm -hmm. where the stock makes a new low and then closes and makes a new high. I feel like there's room to seventy here on PayPal. I'm not long it. I'm long Square. Obviously, similar company, sixty-seven. I think Square's got room to 75 as well. Who's going to get to 75 first, PayPal or Square? I'd say it's Square. Uh, it's got a little bit I, of a head. <laughs> I sold no, my Square. I no, sold no, my Square. PayPal Dennis, 66, so. Square 67. They're pretty much the same. Joe wants the 80 cent edge. <laughs> okay, so PayPal has to get to 74. Square has to get to 75. Which do you okay. take? Okay, I'm going PayPal. Both. They're both, both. going They're there. both going there. Joel's in the bull market. He's long. He's going long both on paper. <laughs> No, but I do like PayPal now, especially uh, you guys know I, w- I was long on Square. I took my money and ran on Square. But now that PayPal is really starting to move, I'd rather go after PayPal a little bit here because I feel like Square could pull back at any moment. Wow, uh, PayPal just got started uh, high in the pre-market around 66.33. Let's, I'm going to look for a little pullback towards around 65.25. That seems logical for me. I don't know if you're going to get it today, man. Exactly. Uh, One yeah. of my biggest things is it's this market has been hard to even see stocks pull back to the VWAP. So when stocks don't pull back to the VWAP, like here you saw a slight tweak in PayPal yes, uh, yesterday where it did touch it once. But the rest of the day, it doesn't even come close it. That just shows you what? Buy, 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 buy. FOMO <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere FOMO. I mean, when you start seeing the short squeeze stocks going, which we've been seeing, you're in full FOMO mode here. Yeah. Yeah. The queues set it If all you can get a chance on those things, you might get them on the open, you know, because sometimes there's exactly. some illiquidity and one big, you know, seller comes in. Or in some stocks, there's just a seller is just leaving his order out on the book. You know, they don't they don't care. Yeah, I'm selling this at whatever, 60 something today. And then boom, you know, they get it and it takes off. What's but, in uh, uh, down filter? All nothing. right, we'll go to the down Nothing filter. at all. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you what, what I'll, I'll be looking to see if it keeps going down. I did take, I added to uh, shorts and oil game. I'm you down a little bit. Because they Chevron. reaffirmed guidance, but they reaffirmed it by putting a lower number on it. <laughs> Next time when you reaffirm, bad make PR sure, guy. Make sure the estimates, you're above the estimates when you reaffirm. Don't reaffirm a number that's lower than the estimates. That's not yeah. reaffirming. I'll go see that as warning. That's why Humana is down. I got a trade idea. Why don't we find out the PR firm that works for Humana and short the PR firm? Yeah, uh, they should definitely, uh, someone's going to get a talking to today. (laughs) 
It's going to get a, a call to the office. Uh, it's unscheduled meeting can you, can I see on the you calendar in my office, today. Please? <laughs> All right, but uh, we'll see what happens. Will Humana get a little bit of a bounce back? I saw it bounce back a little bit yesterday, but nothing that I want to go after there in healthcare plans. Not really. I'll tell you one thing in healthcare that I'm looking at that looked interesting. What about the Merck chart? What do you think about this one? Merck? Yeah, Merck. You know you like a these. these are, do they the have AI? Is, I mean, this is not AI. AI, no the problem AI. Is this is defensive. This isn't risk mm -hmm. on. So this is not a long term. Merck and all these drug stocks, I think if you're buying them in your long term portfolio, you're probably happy aging population, demographics, all the fun stuff. Short term, this is not the stock that's going up in a bull market. This is the stock that's either going sideways or down in a bull market because it moves the opposite direction. So these are not the dips I'm looking for. Yoda, these are not the droids you're looking for, not the dips you're looking for. Uh, there is a couple highs at 110. So you, uh, this is not sexy. Just look at just look at 110 here. And, and and if you want if you want to do a little um, exercise in like analysts like chasing price and there was a bunch of price target raises like back in this area in May. I can remember, mm -hmm. oh, you know, 120, then and And then that was the absolute fade opportunity. But go back and take a look at your Benzinga Pro. I bet you you could find uh, major price, uh, price target raises or upgrades back in early May. Just a conversation here, but I think it's an important one. You guys are mentioning there that, uh, Dennis, you only want AI, but have you seen how like kind of these industrials have really taken off? XLI. So, so let's, let's clarify here. here right? I'm buying the pullbacks on the AI stuff still because it's just been running, mm -hmm. but everything is running now. Everything yeah, that's, that's the one thing that this I started is the seeing Everything now, running right? market, bull market, full bull market last three or four weeks. So yeah. I mean, but you can buy dips in non-AI non stocks, but Merck is not that. Exactly. Merck is defensive. It moves opposite to the market. So I don't want to go into like the defensive names buying those right now. Maybe, maybe in their long-term account, if they really get beat up, you know, it's not a bad idea. Like like Johnson Johnson, I was thinking about the other day in the long-term account, when it's getting down that 155, 160, it's back up at 163 here now. Like that's, you know, just a good company, reasonable valuation. You know, it, it's a different story, but... You know, taking, you know, and you were going to go into the industrials here. I mean, they've been running like crazy. This is the catch-up trade. Caterpillar, 210 to 247. Deer, nonstop from 350 to 406. I mean, this is the start. The start of the bull, yeah. real bull market in the U.S. equities happened one month ago when the IWM started to participate. It happened sure at have. the end of May. That's when the real bull market started. And everything mm -hmm. started ripping. And diversified accounts started going up. You look at your diversified account money managers, it wasn't doing much for the first five months of this year unless you were just loaded up and you weren't diversified. Then if you're just loaded up with tech, tech was good. But now everything is participating. Like I said, I bought Toyota. A month ago, I was like just sitting here flat on Toyota. Junk, boom, 140 to 165, like overnight. All of a sudden, boom, my portfolio is exploding the long term because all these value names that were forgotten are now participating. All right, last one I'll just give because we've been looking at it. QS mentioned in the chat they wanted to take a look at it. Now up there towards 810, it starts making a move here. I'm going to look for maybe a run to 10. That's what I'm looking at, QS. I don't have a piece here yet, uh, but this has started to kind of move, of course, solid state batteries. And just to mention, because I did see a, another stock that was moving today on battery news, that was ENVX. So keep your eyes on maybe battery stocks getting some catalyst. Let, let's go to the imbalances here. So right now, let's there's a lot of large sell imbalances, which would hmm. be like, what? Why are we going up? Because there were buy imbalances about 20 minutes ago. Now they flipped to sell. They started as buys, went to sells, went to buys. Now they're back to sells. These are moving target here. So you can't really put much weight into any of these huge sell imbalances. But there is some sell imbalances with these hold. The stock market might open lower than you think. But again, we're still 30 minutes away. These numbers are going to change. They're flipping around, buy, sells, left, right, BA, select, start. I mean, it's just all over the place here. So imbalances right now are to the sell side, but it's interesting. the market is not listening. Not at all. Not at and all. Maybe they all flip to buy. Right, at the last second. So that's why you wait to put your orders in right the last possible second or you envelope them too so if it does flip you can take advantage of both opportunities um all right well we're going to wrap it up we're trading very close to the highs of the pre-market session 
uh, up 11 and a quarter handles. Uh, not much difference between uh, Thursday's high, which was the high of the move in 85.50, currently high 84.50. After that, folks, it's just I, the only thing I have for you is an interday high above 4,500, but I don't think anybody cares about that. 4,500 is a psychological level to keep an eye on. That's the only thing it is. Maybe if you're looking for a pin, maybe look at the heavy, you know, if you're trading stocks that have heavy open interest in it at a particular price, there might be some pinging action going there. Uh, but like old systems go here, uh, S&P trading at its highest level since August of 2022. Everyone have a great day. Uh, have a great uh, Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Happy day to me on Sunday. Happy and remember, day to we're you. off on Monday. Off oh, on Monday, June baby. 18th. I know. It, why couldn't I think of a better name? What is like the Juneteenth? Uh, like, couldn't they come up with a better name for the holiday? I don't know. Let's let's change the name. I don't know, like Juneteenth. So uh, that is, have, I don't I don't complain about the names as long yeah. as the days off, man. You're getting the days <laughs> off. So yeah. I just think it's weird. Juneteenth. Like, yeah. Well, you don't mean? have that, Dennis, right? Maybe what's that? You you don't have it, right? They don't have no, it in Canada, no, I, right? We don't have Juneteenth. So Dennis, oh, over the Dennis, weekend, you're working, man. Dennis, I'm going to show you how to but, how to set up a show, and run a show, and we are going to see if you could talk from eight to noon by yourself nonstop. Yeah, I, I could do it. I'll take the over. <laughs> Doesn't even need a coffee. No, no and coffee I, today. We get at least I one. I actually just need to sleep. I didn't sleep the night before. So yesterday was the sleepiest show I've had probably in years on this show. I was literally just crying. Yeah, it was through. so quiet bed. yesterday. I went right, to bed guys? at 9 o'clock last night, and then I slept. Well, I got to get up in the middle of the night to pee always. But I kind of slept at like – I got up at 6. So I was like, that was a good night's sleep. So you can tell. I'm pretty wired because I normally sleep six hours. I slept like eight or nine hours last night. So I'm like, you know, Elon Musk, you know, when they were interviewing him, remember he said he used to sleep four hours, but he felt productivity went down too much. He was too low. So he said six is the optimal number. I'm like, that's my number. That's what I sleep is six hours a day. So I'm like, then then 18 hours of production. That's how we roll. So six hours. Sleep, How's Spencer hours doing? Production. How's Spencer doing? He's, yeah, he's good. He went to school today. He's doing better. Thank you for asking. Had the bad asthma attack the night before. Kept us up all night. Ambulance, hospital visit, all the fun stuff. He's doing well. Um, I, you know what? Over. You know what I think? I was thinking about this. The, the asthma attack. And actually, it was a friend, or it was actually somebody that's working on my uh, working on my shop. Uh, saying, "What about the wildfires?" I'm like, you've had so much wildfires. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's probably it. The smoke from the wildfires, because we've been smelling it off and on where we are, where, yep. you know, Georgian Bay. Him, and he's going to be more sensitive, right? Of oh, course. yeah, for sure. Call. Oh, yeah, he's sensitive. So I'm like, I was just trying to, like, figure it out. I bet you the smoke from the wildfires. So we got to watch that a bit with them. Yeah, check the, the filters and stuff like that in the house, see if they're getting smoke or stuff like that. That could maybe help out also. What's the last sure day of school? Getting in the house, too. When's the last day of school? Yeah, when does Canada finish That's school, a good man? Question. I should know that. It's usually end of June. All really? Right. I usually go almost um, to the end. Man, man. I don't go to school in Canada. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. This We're going to wrap things up. Everyone, be safe out there. We'll see you Tuesday. All see right. You. Be safe out there, guys. I'll let uh, Dennis, you go ahead and hop, my friend. Have a I'm good leaving. one. Thank you. Take care. Go do what you do best, my friend. All right. Now, I did want to mention one stock for someone in the chat. Jones said we didn't cover JBL. I'm sorry I didn't get uh, comments from Dennis and Joel on this, but I have seen this stock really take off and it's really on a big breakout. I've talked about this with electronic components and just to kind of mention here, uh, if you keep up with my Twitter, a lot of times we talk about this too. Um, and I can show you guys that right now. I, I put up uh, an outlook because someone asked me about this stock and I just put up the kind of what stocks are in this area, electronic components. So other stocks that are kind of similar to JBL, I'd be taking a look at like APH, TEL, GLW, Hub, Flex there, VRT. And so I normally start at the top with the high capitalization stocks first, but I keep an eye out on names like this. And you are right. It's made a massive move. So let's keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens on JBL. Um, this is one of those that is kind of just sleepy, right? Like the forgotten SMCI. Just understand that sometimes there are going to be stocks like this that aren't just in the limelight. They're not the NVIDIA but that doesn't mean that they're not strong names by any means. So I think what you want to look for is do they hold the trend really well and not take huge volatility moves? 
these are stocks that are what? Stair-stepping their way higher. And what do you see a lot on here with the light blue line? It holds the pullbacks to uh, the EMAs. And so keep your eyes on stocks like this to continue the trend. And of course, the trend's your friend until it isn't, but definitely strong stocks as of late. All right, now to get you guys over to live trading, that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, team. We got a lot more for you guys. Smashing the like. JBL sales going through the roof, says JD, uh, DJ Pablo TV. Shout out to you, man. It's good to see you in the chat. Appreciate the added comment there. We're going to wrap it up and bring you guys now to that live trading stream. Don't miss that, team. I'm ready to get after it. And, of course, don't miss on Tuesday when we come back. We will have just that night. We'll have another book club. The book club, of course, is where we get through a lot of books, and we're going to get through a new book this uh, starting the following week. So if you guys want to join up, we're just finishing up our Candlestick Patterns book, and now we'll get into maybe, who knows, maybe some market wizard talk. Well, we can also get into some psychology talk. The real key of the book club is always just upping our skills to the next level. Now to go put our skills to the test in live trading. Let's see what we can get into today. I'll see you guys over. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here. I'll bring you right over to live trading.